episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can help us keep the show going by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and shonen jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about Akaboshi, and we are joined by our guest, Red. Hello. Hey. Oh, man. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I, I love any excuse to talk about manga, especially if it's bad. Oh, Oh. We had been waiting way too long to ask you to be on the show if we had known. <laughs> when David told me that you were like down to be on, I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I still remember I, like, I emailed you and you got like back to me the same day. You're like, oh, it sounds good. And I was like, oh, that was really easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always worth a shot. David had the little staples button and he like pushed it when that happened. And it was like, Aww. which, guess who voices the staples button? Who? Steve Bloom. What? Steve Bloom again? Yes. <laughs> That is a callback to our warm-up audio. You'll have to what? listen to that, patrons, to get why that's so funny. Oh, my God. He's everywhere. He's infiltrated every level of our society. I didn't even know that. How did that slip by me? Speaking of being everywhere, Red, do you mind telling the audience a little bit about what you do? Uh, yes. Hello, I'm Red. I am one half of the YouTube channel, Overly Sarcastic Productions. I do uh, myth retellings, trope talks, uh, sometimes classics when I can find them. My uh, channel partner, Blue, does history and discussions of prominent historical figures and historical writers and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. We have a pretty good time. We're also on Twitter, but right now Twitter's kind of on fire, so that might not last super long. We, we, we try and maintain our following number as like <laughs> the at, at the funny haha 69 number, uh, but it keeps <laughs> dropping because people keep deactivating. We're like, oh, no. So we'll make sure we follow you right after this. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm excited because uh, it's the World Cup this oh, week. God. <laughs> Twitter's about to go under a pretty heavy test right now. Yeah. Oh, boy. I also want to say, Red, I am absolutely a huge fan of your work. Um, I think it was oh. actually people on our Discord were like, why don't you ask them to be on? You talk about the overly sarcastic <laughs> videos a lot in your the show. So we we're like, oh, yeah, why don't we? Yeah. Well, that's very serendipitous. Definitely your Monkey King video has really taught me a lot about it. Oh, yeah. It's a real treat for me, too, because every time I revisit any part of Journey to the West, I find like a new thing from some anime I wasn't even expecting. And I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> it's just it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it's one of those things where like um, you watch other anime and you're like, wait a minute. Why is this guy Goku? Don't they know that like Goku's <laughs> already like a super big character and they're getting away with this? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like the same character. You can't just call him Goku. Yeah, I remember in like Naruto, the monkey guy said his name was Son Goku and people thought it was like a Dragon Ball Z reference and other people like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. By the way, speaking of like historical and stuff, have you are you familiar with Red Bard? They were a prior guest. And I was just curious because they actually do like a lot of manga historical videos. That actually sounds familiar. I might have seen a, f a couple of their things. Yeah, I'll need to look it up more afterwards <laughs> for sure. Oh, they're absolutely awesome. Would you say that you're like the red rogue or the red uh, oh. the red warrior class? At or, times that uh, when we've discussed D&D classes, the general consensus is multi-class bard barbarian <laughs> with an oh. axe that's also a guitar axe. A barbarian. <laughs> barbarian, exactly, <laughs> yes. When you said that, all I heard was bar, bar, barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> barbarian. Dave oh, the barbarian, geez. man. Surprisingly good show. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You know what's not a good show is yeah. this manga, so why don't we migrate into manga details? Woo! 
Akaboshi Iban Sikoiden, or we'll just call it Akaboshi. So to really dive into it, Tucker has provided us actually a breakdown of what the full name of this series, Akaboshi Iban Soikuden, means. So Akaboshi means Red Star Planet. It doesn't mean Mars, which is kind of what I would expect at first when something is called Red Star Planet. But um, yeah. Iban means something like different account or side story, meaning they aren't going to be strictly following the plot of the original Water Margin story, or as I called it a few times by accident, Watermark. <laughs> <laughs> It even has a water margin. <laughs> I think my favorite fact out of this Asukunin is the Japanese name of the Chinese novel. It's written as Water Vicinity Legend. Apparently, another English title for the water margin is Outlaws of the Marsh, which, Red, were you familiar with any of these uh, details prior to like really checking out this manga? So Heroes of the Water Margin is one of Chinese, uh, China's four great classical novels. Uh, Journey to the West is another one. Mm-hmm. Of the four, I find Journey to the West the easiest to read. Yeah. Water Margin is one of the ones that I know by reputation, but I haven't read through it because the reputation I know is that it's very long and very episodic, <laughs> but not in a super fun way. Uh... It's got a very large cast, but it's one of those stories about like sort of a, a heroic re- rebellious uprising against like a, an oppressive empire, which you'd think would be super fun. But in practice, what it just means is like when you look up the Wikipedia for each of these characters, like it'll be like, this is one of the rare characters that actually survives the novel. And it's like, oh, OK, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't get attached then. Isn't that peak anime, though? Yeah. Mm. Pre pre Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, just like Attack on Titan. Yeah. <laughs> Back when it was still a big selling point when you could be like, anyone can die. Don't get attached. It's like, if I'm not getting attached, why should I read your manga? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the <laughs> anti-One Piece. <laughs> and then speaking of manga, so this was created by Amano uh, Yuchi, who's created a few other works that Maxi B has broken down for us. So thank you for that, Maxi B. Over time, the start of Weekly Shonen Jump's Baseball Curse, a very real thing. We know that. We read Nine Balls Dragon with our friend Masako X. Oh. <laughs> Apparently it's Hyrule No Go or Field of Dream or angels in the outfield, but about a tweed baseball player haunted by an awesome baseball player classmate of his. What? That sounds awesome. It's a shame that that is apparently bad. They will cover it in the future, Jordan. Oh, boy. This virgin is haunted by the spirit of a Chad. Yeah, Red, if uh, any of these sound like something you think Blue would want to talk about, let us know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think path. his exposure to anime begins and ends with season one of Naruto. <laughs> That's probably for the best. <laughs> I remember Maxi B, I'm like, because so Maxi B helps us find what series to cover. I'm like, can you find something that like people say was good? And he's like, dude, I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Turns out that most manga was canceled for a reason. Devastating. Yeah. When we started the show, we thought we were going to find hidden gems. And I think it's like one in 10 series we don't regret reading at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Speaking of a series, actually, we don't regret reading. He did the art for Stealth Symphony, where Maxi B loves it. We thought it was okay. It, by far, if you want to read another canceled manga, so that is by the writer of Drarar or Bakuno, which mm. are very good anime, in my opinion. Right. That series is by far the series that we most wish we had read in real time, because it, I'm trying, what's the best way to not ruin <laughs> it by saying why you should go into that cold? I'm so curious. It just has the most insane, craziest ending that it could have possibly had. Yes. The beginning is kind of all right. The middle part is bad. And then the ending like redeems the whole thing. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's the same artist. So it's got beautiful art. So, yeah, we remember it purely because of the ending. Yeah. Fantastic. And then just some other things he's done is Ana no Muja, um, X Samurai, and Mist Gears Blast. That last one, a video game tie-in for a live service game that didn't even last for a year. So likewise, oh, no. that manga did not do so well. I'm waiting for Mist Gears Blast subsistence myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for the revenge. Well. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was an assistant for Hidaki Sirachi, who did Gintama, and Toru Uchimizu, who did a bunch of flops. So obviously <laughs> did not exactly have the best mentor in the world from that guy. And this ran from May 18th, 2009 to November 2nd, 2009. So a little bit on the older side, but not quite ancient. Like we've read some stuff from the 80s. Oh, Oh my god. I can't believe what it replaced. <laughs> and this replaced Bokusan, which Red is perhaps, I think, in the bottom five series we've ever read for this show. Really? Red, this manga is a step up. Yes. Oh, wow. Bokusan. I think Bokusan is the worst manga that wasn't created by a pedophile we've ever read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I gotta know. What, what was the crime of Bokusan? <laughs> so this manga, Akaboshi. Uh -huh. is extremely easy to follow and understand compared to Bokusan. Ooh. Isn't that depressing? <laughs> yeah. I misread chapters out of order because the website put them in the wrong order, and I couldn't tell. I just thought oh, it was no. that incomprehensible. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not promising. Yeah. And the art is also very bad. It's kind of like imagine if someone tried to draw the bleach art with their left hand. Ooh. And then it has all the usual tropes where stupid power system, women are just nothing but sexualized objects, just no forethought in any plot. Yeah, yeah, classic shonen stuff. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember enough about Bokusan <laughs> to talk about it. Ooh. But the guy we had on that episode read part of the plot summary in a Kermit the Frog. Oh, that was great. <laughs> It was like unintelligible, but you know what? It The plot was also unintelligible, so it was the description that it deserved. Yeah, yeah, sounds appropriate. Yeah, it was a great time. That's actually a really good segue into the plot summary. So let me just wrap up by saying this was replaced by Neku Wappa, which was made by the Kaiju number eight guy, which speaking of actually, that's a fun series because that has one of the oldest Shonen Jump protagonists, either, like a 32 year old guy. Whoa, ancient. Yeah. I'm going to be 31 in five weeks. <laughs> I think that in manga, most people die of old age at 33. So that's like, yes, well, old age, heroic sacrifice, you know. So that actually <laughs> is a plot point for Kaiju number eight is he is too old to join this like anti-monster squadron and they raise the age limit. Oh, and that's how he can join. <laughs> that's fun. So, yes, he was too old to be a Shonen Jump protagonist. <laughs> And then it was three volumes over 24 chapters, but it sure felt like it was a lot longer than that because it was so much crammed in. Which, on that note, Jordan, why don't you tell us about your wonderful plot summary? Yes. Hell yeah. I wrote this at 2.30 a.m. last uh, night. Yeah. It's got that flavor, yeah. <laughs> this was the summary it deserved. The summary, not the summary it's shit. How does that Dark Knight quote go? Not the summary we needed right, right now. now yeah. yeah, not the summary we need. <laughs> Taiso is a lazy asshole with a big fuck-off sword, and he lives in ancient China, which is apparently an awful place to live. After getting a piggyback ride from some bandits, he's stopped by a young girl who claims to be a member of the Titan Gildo. The honorable thieves who want to overthrow the Song Dynasty, I think. The governor of the village where the little girl lives, aka the Chi Ken or the chicken, <laughs> is just comically evil and kills people people while raising the taxes on the starving town. Thankfully, though, Taiso, who is, uh, you know, as we all know, a libertarian with extreme anti-taxation feelings, <laughs> he saves them by lighting his sword on fire and running around because he is actually falling star Taiso, a member of the Titan Gyodo, which, you know, I, I was shocked by. <laughs> there is a uh, 108 of them, which is a significant number in Buddhism, David. Yes. 
Tyso and the little girl then aimlessly walk around until they find a monk who is also in the Titan Gudo. We learn about the evil king who actually looks sick as hell. Yeah. And they need to gather more of the 108 to fight him, the wonderful 108, as it's commonly known. Tyso sets his eyes on Ocean, who's like a famous karate instructor <laughs> for the military or something. Ocean refuses to betray his country. But then the government shows up and is so calm evil that his adoptive son Rinchu decides to help Taiso while Ushin helps his sick mom. We meet more of the Titan Gyodo, but they don't really matter because Rinchu and Taiso beat up a guy who thinks that he's his own famous grandpa. <laughs> Popcorn David. Taisu, Rinchu, and the little girl meet a woman named Kusanju who wants to be protected but is like immensely strong and of course very hot. The boss of the Titan Gyodo slaps Taisu and then hugs him because he's a creepy dad, I guess. <laughs> the Yodas want to invade a castle. I almost read that as the Gyarados. It does look very much that. That's intentional. That was that was the point, David. Uh, <laughs> Gyarados. The Gyaradoses want to invade a castle and take it over as their base because all their base are belong to us. Oh, God damn it. David made a who was phone reference like an episode or two ago. Wow. Uh, we're just continuing on the ancient ass memes here. Yes. Well, I mean, when you're unpacking ancient ass anime. You know, um, that girl, she really is. I can has cheeseburger. Oh, oh boy. Shut up. Let's keep going. <laughs> so the main characters try and infiltrate it, but they're stopped by the gatekeeper, a fry cook with a shit ton of knives. I'm surprised Jordan didn't insert a uh, Dio reference there. I thought about it and resisted, but I appreciate you saying it anyway. Oh, boy. I think that should be a unit of measurement. He had one full Dio of knives. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. They've got to do Jordan's favorite thing, a test, where Tyser, Rinchu, and Kasanju are in shackles while fighting a bunch of other dudes who aren't. They beat them up by riding piggyback on each other. But anyway, the other test is that Tyser- <laughs> They do! They do, don't yeah. they? Yeah. No, they absolutely do. That bit goes on a little too long, I think. It was like a Japanese cultural festival. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And then they do it by breakdancing. But anyway, and I'm not just saying that, I'm saying that because Jordan put that in the script. Anyway, the other test is that Taisu has to fight the fry cook and Rinchu has to fight two guys, one of whom is just Fat Luffy. Rinchu and Taisu loses, but the fry cook thinks he's too adorable to kill, so he says Taisu wins. Turns out the guy who runs the castle has evil ink mind control. Oh no! And also, he is evil. That means he is a bad person. <gasps> he gets help from some really tough and weird bad guys who may work for the bad government and brings him into the castle to kill all his followers for some reason. I don't know. The bad guy starts to <laughs> win for a bit but then the good guys arrive on a boat and when you know it the tide starts to shift popcorn red Whoa. oh don't you just love when a plan comes together that's so sweet it's so fantastic the bandits start to realize that maybe their boss is evil but then he unleashes a really cool looking magic ball of ink that brainwashes them into forgetting about it and the super evil bad guy squad all use their bunkai's shifting into their <laughs> final forms <laughs> One of them even tells Tyso that he has a secret hidden power of the stars that he didn't know about, even though he's literally called Falling Star Tyso and has magic powers. <laughs> Don't worry, though, because thankfully, the strongest Titan Gyoda, a Tao priest who gets lost and blows soap bubbles, uses shampoo magic to undo all the mind control and erase the battle's tension. Tyso was able to take a short nap when he got protected by a bubble, and when he woke up, he figured out how to unleash his secret powers, so he does it, and his sword looks cool. Then the bubble priest faces off against the evil ink guy and tells him that he taught the guy who taught him, and the bubble guy easily wins. Tyso goes flying off somewhere, but just happens to land in front of the ultimate evil king. Tyso has a flashback where we learn that the king ate his dad and Tyso gets knocked into a river. Then some people find him and ask him to join him, I think, and the manga ends. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Red, I appreciate how you shifted into like video narrator voice 
for that? Yes. yes. Well, you hand me a script. I just got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got a good way to do things. Why would you do it a different way? That's true. That's what I say. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> okay, so to get into these characters, Jordan, why don't you tell us about everyone's favorite main character, E-Boy? <laughs> oh man so taiso hugo let's see uh he is he's got you know the e-boy hair uh he's a lazy douchebag he's like he, mascara on yeah he's kind of got the l from death note eyes yes that's a great point he's got like a triangle mouth and like his one defining character trait for a while was just that he would make people give him piggyback rides yeah yeah like Legit, after the first chapter, that was the only thing about this manga that I didn't think was super generic. I was like, <laughs> well, all right, I guess I don't read a ton of manga where the main character is just hopping on people's backs all the time like a baby. Red. Jordan loved that fact so much, he insisted it was to be a part of the cover art for this episode. Oh, wow. It's like the only notable thing. Yeah, he's just kind of a dickhead who has people carry him around sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. I was too busy trying to figure out who the hell all these people were supposed to be in the original Water Margin. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> Which meant I was looking up the English translations of the Japanese translations of the original Chinese names. Oh, God. <laughs> hell yeah. It was a chore. <laughs> um, one interesting thing is that at the end of the manga, he's like, man, after my dad died, I never smiled again. And then I just, while doing the plot <laughs> summary, I flipped through the manga and there's a lot of moments where he's smiling. But he didn't mean it, Jordan. Yeah, it wasn't oh, genuine yeah. smiling. He hasn't felt true happiness since that day. <laughs> he wasn't smiling with his eyes, you know? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. He's smiling to hide yeah. the pain, even though he's also extremely blatant about how much he hates everything. I mean, yeah, when, when his dad, who he was super homophobic to, uh, yeah. got murdered. Yeah, that, that, uh, that sucks. That was that so sucks. random. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, he, they're just, it's just like three slurs a page. And it's like, whoa, whoa. Right? Yeah. Imagine if the series had just chosen to be super progressive. He's like, <laughs> I love you, my non-binary parent. <laughs> I accept you for who you are, which makes your death even more tragic. And then, Red, did you have anything else you want to add? to the main character? Taiso, the focus character, although I believe technically the main character is supposed to be the Pikachu girl we have next on the list. Uh, Taiso is an adaptation of Dai Zong. I'm not going to say any of these Chinese names right for the record. We'd never do anyway. No. Dai Zong is nicknamed Magic Traveler. He's the 20th heavenly spirit. So uh, the gist of Water Margin is that basically there were 108 stars that were sealed away, but they've all been released and have been reborn as like mortals. So every single one of these badass like magical outlaw people is a, like a reincarnation of one of these 108 stars, which is convenient because that means they all have numbers and you can put them on a numbered list. <laughs> Dai Zong is number 20. So the first 36 of them are like heavenly spirits and then the next 70 something are like earthly fiends. So his power is that he can he's super fast he has super speed and the way that works is he has magic talismans strapped to his legs <laughs> <laughs> that rules yeah he can like activate them with a sutra and then just zip around now the the adaptation that they use for the manga is that yeah he's still super fast but because he's super fast he can use like friction to to sling fire at people <laughs> which is exactly how luffy's attacks work yeah and also he's got like this big <laughs> sword that's not from the books no, it's a fucking Zanbato. Yeah. And it has the Japanese flag on it, or uh, the Rising Sun flag on it. 
It does. It has the <laughs> rising sun flag on it. It's incredibly overt. And so the, the sword, the tragic backstory, none of this is from the water margin. Uh, I think from what I recall, uh, hold on, I'll just check. His like origin of joining the outlaws is like he was depressed and he wrote like a poem about it on like a, <laughs> on, like, a wall or something like that. Feeling miserable at his misfortunes, he writes a poem on the wall of a restaurant after getting drunk. Uh, the seditious <laughs> poem is discovered by a petty official who reports it to the prefect. So the Water Margin is a nonsense book, but... That's, what's, that's why it's good. Yeah. The, the manga just like threw all that out the window. It's like everyone is young and hot and has a tragic backstory uh, about being like an orphan or something. What you're telling me is that if it was written today, <laughs> rather than writing a poem, he would, uh, he would become a SoundCloud rapper. Yes. A hundred percent how I'm reading that. Yeah, absolutely. He is also one of the only outlaws that survives uh, the final battle of the book. Whoa, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. What the frick? I was definitely going to read all 1,200 pages of Water Merchant after this. Yeah, I was really going to get invested in all 108 of these characters and then feel really bad with like 100 of them bite it. Anyway, so yeah, that's kind of his deal. The character in the manga is completely different from his origin in the book, which I think is not a bad thing. It's just a thing. Uh I would agree. I think that uh, it's not a bad thing that the Water Margin character isn't like this character. <laughs> for yeah. Water Margin, at least. Yeah, for Water Margin. I, I feel like Tyso just ends up being so generic. Like, let me guess, he's an angry fire-themed dude <laughs> um, in a manga. Groundbreaking. <laughs> The hardest part about this series is just, like, remembering things about it that, like, because it, it tries to be Bleach super hard. <laughs> yeah, it has that everyone's new and cool and has their own new weird power. I was going to bring up Bleach, yeah. but uh, for the interest of time, shall we just try and zip through the characters so we can really start properly critiquing the series overall? Yes, Let's do yes, it. yes. So next up is Pikachu Girl. I don't remember her name. Like you said, Red. I don't remember her name either. She was supposed to be the main character. I don't remember her being relevant. I have notes. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. This person drove me crazy. Her name is uh, Suiren, which means uh, water lily. As far as I can tell, she's not from the book. What? Yeah, this drove me nuts. <laughs> so I was like, what's the point of this woman? And then the thing is, spoiler alert, in the very last chapter, like three pages from the end, one of the 108 stars of heaven like goes yeah. into her instead. And they're like, ah, oh, the Earth Beast star has chosen you. And I was like, what the fuck is the Earth Beast star? <laughs> I went full Pepe Silvia on this. I was like, that could be any of the 72 earthly fiends. What is this? <laughs> but what what I ended up finding is that there is a star number 57 is called the Beast Star. So that could be the Earth Beast Star. However, this star canonically belongs to an aging veterinarian. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Well, that's because he died and gave it to her. No, no, no. This was a bad guy who in the book wasn't supposed to have one of the stars. The, the idea that if you oh. die, the star goes into somebody else. That was clearly added in the manga so that they could kind of, you know, enable power ups for random characters, which is it's a moderately cool thing. But those guys they were fighting are like from the book, but from different parts of the book. They are scattered around in various different battles and none oh. of them are part of the stars because all of the stars are the good guy outlaws. Yeah. So, yeah, that star canonically belongs to an aging, like bearded veterinarian who mostly tends horses and is the very last star to appear in the book. Oh. Oh, so it's Jordan. <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> okay. I would also like to say, uh, I didn't mention it in the plot summary because it is ultimately fucking stupid and irrelevant. <laughs> but the reason why the stars go to people when they die, uh, the reason why that happened is because the evil bad guy king just randomly decides to kill a bunch of his own men for no reason. Yeah, they'd been collecting the people with the stars and then he just kills all of them. And they're like, oh, no, we killed all the guys who had the stars. Now we're going to need to find them again. It's like, what yeah. the fuck? It's like the Dragon Balls. Yeah, yeah I guess. This manga didn't have really an original idea in its head. 
No, absolutely not. Serena doesn't do anything. She's like, I want to fight for justice. And then she, all she does is follow Taiso around. And then she gets officially assigned to follow Taiso around duty. Yes. The big boss is like, Taiso fights better, but he has someone to protect. And it's like, he fucking what? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't like anybody. She's like the POV character. She's like the person you, as like a kid reading Shonen Jump, are supposed to identify with, I guess. But like, no, you're supposed nah. to identify with Taiso because he's cool and doesn't care about yeah. anything. So every time there's a fight, she's just like poking her head around the door, having that like adorable, super deformed art style of like, oh, my gosh, they left without me. She, I mean, God. <laughs> I appreciate Red's passion about this. Yes. It's, it's like they took like Bulma and took away her personality or they took Lucy Hartphilia and they took away her actual powers. And then they were like, this is great. We have a POV character who does absolutely nothing. You'd think that a series that was explicitly based on a different Chinese uh, novel wouldn't be ripping off Dragon Ball. Right? <laughs> like, brother, you could have just written a story about Journey to the West. It would have been easier. You could have used all the same tropes you're using now, but you wouldn't have needed 105 other characters. Well, as we saw in Self Symphony, they love just having a shitload of characters. So that's probably why they decided to do this series. Yeah. I wouldn't call these characters. Yeah. But moving on to Rinchu, he's a swordsman treated like shit. He was a beast, but now he's a human rival guy and he makes vacuums. So that lets him beat electric powers. Yeah. I don't think they mentioned it until it was relevant. No, absolutely not. Because if he was a good writer, he would have thought of a good application of his ability instead of inventing a new one to have him win a fight. <laughs> it was interesting how he was he was fighting against this uh, electricity duo. And he was like, ah, yes, I understand what electricity is. Yeah. You know, it's just ancient China. <laughs> Yeah, like, how does he know what a vacuum is? Yeah, uh, you see, a vacuum conducts electricity better than the air. It's like, uh, back up. Ah, simple <laughs> electrons and protons. Your ability doesn't impress me. You're like, what? Trivial. How the fuck do you know what a proton is? <laughs> you figured it out. Then they pull out, like, science textbooks that got sent back in time. <laughs> if they give this, if this manga had lasted longer, I would have given them, like, 20 more chapters before someone was like, you see, by precisely splitting this atom with my sword blade, <laughs> I can provoke an explosion. Anyway, this guy's actually important in the book. Lin Chu is pretty much the direct transliteration of uh, Lin Chong, star number six, Pantherhead, which is what he's called in the manga. Yes. The hard part, actually, was figuring out who his mentor was supposed to be. Uh because Ocean seems to be Zhao Tong, a fictionalized historical figure who mentored the 800,000 strong Song army in the story Iron Arm, Golden Saber and the story of Yue Fei. So I assume that's who that guy is because they were way too specific about his 800,000 strong army. But I think they also maybe conflated him with somebody else. Anyway, a lot of this manga actually kind of makes a little more sense if you have context because the manga does not tell you anything about who these people are and why you should care and why they're doing stuff. But if you look it up, you're like, oh, this is a reference to this other thing where, where this was actually important. <laughs> That's what's difficult reading some of these things that are based on like uh, very ingrained uh, like East Asian culture and stuff. It is like, well, you know about. Yeah. You know about like water margin and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The 108. We've all seen them. Oh, God. And then um, Jordan, do you want to just finish up with the hamburger queen? <laughs> uh, her name is Wendy, David. <laughs> So this is Kosanjo. She is like Sundari. She's she's like 10 feet of green, they call her. All those nicknames are straight from the book with mild changes. She's 10 feet of blue in the book because blue and green are the same character. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. I see. That tracks with Pokemon. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, yeah. She so her whole thing is that it's like, oh, she's uh, she wants to be like a gentle princess who's taken care of, but she's just too fucking strong. <laughs> and uh, she eats like fifty fucking hamburgers at once. And uh, I'm sorry, pork burgers. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be bow, but you know, whatever. Because we've never seen that trope before of a woman who eats a ton of food and is super strong. Yeah. I mean, hey, uh, when she does it, the fucking fry cook's like, I don't think a woman who eats 50 hamburgers, uh, I wouldn't call that a woman, which is, you know, <laughs> that's an interesting thing to end, to posit into the gender debate. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Eating hamburgers, masculine trait. Oh, they. God. Oh, God. Yeah. On one hand, it's like there was a moment where it seemed like she was uh, sensitive about her boobs. The problem yeah. is the way that she was drawn, they drew her with like black hair and like some white elements on her hair and stuff like on like each side. And the problem is that's exactly how they also draw Pikachu yes, girl. I had so much trouble telling them apart. I had <laughs> absolutely no clue who was talking in that moment. Yeah, so <laughs> her corresponding character, Hu Sanyang, literally third sister Hu, is 10 feet of blue. She's star number 59, and she's basically just a badass fighting. Like, she, she like fights off dozens of dudes at once. Um, she's pretty cool. She does not survive the fight. She, uh, she, she has a husband who gets killed, and she kind of goes on a roaring rampage of revenge and gets killed by flying magical gold bricks. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> that just sounds rad. Yeah. <laughs> You know, water margin actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, well, right. that's the thing. Like, this manga seems to have taken, like, the base concepts from water margin and then, like, run them through the most, like, tropey thing they could find is like, okay, we're going to take this guy who we can come up with an excuse for being the main character and we're going to stick him in this mold that makes him into a main character and we're going to give him a rivalry with this guy who's kind of more like the main character, uh, even though I don't think they ever speak in the book. Yeah, um, and I think that's a really great way to segue into why it failed. So y'all feel good about <laughs> Digging into it. Yes. <laughs> Woo. So Jordan, though, why don't you tell us what are some things you didn't like about this series? I was so surprised you didn't love it. What the fuck was happening yeah, moment to moment? It was just so hard to fucking follow. <laughs> Holy shit. Reading your plot summary, I still don't know what the plot of this manga was. Yeah. See, what's great about writing this kind of plot summary is I thought it would be horrible to do, but then I realized, oh, I don't have to talk about this shit. It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's so much where it's just like, what are we doing here? This this doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah, the plot is so convoluted, but if you write it out, it's like they're trying to get a secret base. That's it. We're, we're trying to collect yes. some friends and get a secret base. And then at the end of the 24 chapters, they get the secret base. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> also, really, really bold decision to just be like, yeah, we're going to meet 108 characters <laughs> in this manga. Yeah, it's like, oof. One of the big issues with this series is that they just introduce a ton of characters that we don't care about, yeah. we don't understand, and they just gotta like, oh man, they, they do this thing where they make all the good guys like super nice. Like it's something I've noticed, like a uh, Hi-Fi Cluster did this, Tokyo Shinobi Squad, where they introduce like a little sister character so everybody's like their older sibling and they just treat them really sweet. And then except for the bad guys who were just unfucking believably <laughs> evil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like that led to some tonal whiplash because like the good guys were like treating this like jokey and stuff. And like they were like not taking it super seriously, it seemed. And then the bad guys were just like killing people whenever they fucking wanted. Like, yeah, this is not a time to be like joking, dude. It's like 
Golem Hearts, where all the characters are like super nice and you think it's like a PG environment, and then you just see people literally like crucified with blood dripping down the walls by one of the bad guys. You're like, what the yeah. fuck is going on in this manga? Immense tonal whiplash for sure. The interesting thing is when I was looking up stuff about this manga, I actually found a forum thread from yeah. 2009 that basically ran the entire length of the manga airing of people who were following along with it. Some of them were very excited and were like, oh, it's so pretty. Like, I just keeps coming in like last in the Shonen Jump polls. So it's going to be canceled, but I don't want it to be canceled. And then there were a bunch of people who were like, I don't know, like nothing's really happening. <laughs> and they just keep throwing characters at us who we can't get invested in because they're on page for like two panels and then we have to move on to more characters. I don't know, man. It's not really working for me. <laughs> so I can't imagine a single person that says they like this manga and it's not just because they think the art is really good and they just are not able to criticize other parts of it. It's really weird. Why did this thing fail? Well, it doesn't feel like it was put together with, you know, practice or skill. It, it Like, the art is so pretty, but what it's portraying is mostly just, like, disconnected random vignettes. And the comparison to Bleach is actually really apt because I had the problem with Bleach that, like, they kept introducing so many characters. Yes. Like, every arc was an excuse to drop in, like, a new bad guy and, like, his 24 friends. And, and then, of course, you have to fight them with all of your friends. Uh, so they ever, all, everyone gets paired off and it's just, it's so long. But, like, they kind of give every character or at least an episode to be like, here's my tragic backstory and why I'm evil and stuff. Uh, and, you know, it's it's not fantastic, but it does kind of, you know, you don't remember anyone's name, but you're like, oh, yeah, that's the person who had this gimmick. Uh, and then, you know, they probably die at the end of the arc and you can move on. But with this one, it's like they were like, we have 108 of these guys. We got to get this moving. <laughs> so we just like jump into random scenes where it's like eight people hanging out and they've all got the little title card of their name and their subtitle. It's the only way I could actually find out who these people were supposed to be. And um <laughs> And they just hang out for a little bit or they have like a little fight scene and they're like, they, they hint at other stuff that they can do. And then we cut away to more characters. It is only now occurring to me just how much of a bizarre ripoff this is of Bleach. Like it is based <laughs> more on Bleach than Water Margin. Main character, a bored, sarcastic asshole with a giant fucking sword with orange hair. Mm. Yes. The main bad guy that we, except for like the ultra main bad guy, I guess, the guy before that dude. Am I wrong? He looks and acts like Isaac. Oh, yeah. Like the evil priest guy with the with the ink powers or. Yeah. 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 He was weird. He was weird. And he, he does this thing where like everybody thinks he's like so likable and then oh, he's bad. What? Crazy. Yeah. What? It's just like Eisen. And that's very different from his portrayal. By the way, they literally try and explain all the powers through like laws of physics. <laughs> and then they just turn into magic like 60% yeah. through this series. By the way, Taoists are wizards. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> I was like, the star system is so dumb. I also want to say how this series, one thing I felt big brain about is this series has no fat to it. And I say mm. that in a bad way. So like, Red, are you familiar with this little indie manga called Chainsaw Man? You know, I've heard a lot about it. I actually haven't read it. So here's the thing. Chainsaw Man is at its best when it's doing things that actually have no immediate plot relevance. Like, for instance, mm. they go drinking after they defeat a big bad guy. Two characters are literally one of the best chapters. Chainsaw Man just happened. Two characters just talking in like their backyard. This yeah. series has nothing. Yeah. No characters do anything that aren't immediately relevant to what people want out of manga finger quotes, which is just fighting and jokes. You know, mm -hmm. they don't feel like people. Well, yeah, because they got to introduce 108 fucking characters, David. You can't just, you, oh, we're just going to have these two characters talk for like three chapters? What? 
Well, I got so many characters to run through. Yeah, they got to speed run this shit. You just have it run for a thousand chapters. It's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, they could yeah, have done that's that. True. That's what Water Margin did. But no, I mean, I, I've been a firm uh, proponent of filler episodes for years and years because I find that those are the chances that the characters have to really show off their character. You know, you give them a quiet moment where they can just talk or hang out or or like banter and have little funny interactions. I mean, some of the parts of the anime that I've watched that I like the most are like the little the episodes that can't disrupt the status quo where every Everything has to go back to the way it was at the beginning. And it's just the characters having fun in this weird little like cushioned environment. Like anime tie-in OVAs are extremely mixed bags, but like some of them are just so fun because they're just like feature length episodes where nothing can go too wrong. Right. <laughs> and this this manga has none of that. It's just like nonstop, relentless, like characters will just meet and immediately click into whatever arrangement they're supposed to have. Like uh, like Rinchu and uh, fuck is his name? Um, Taiso just like immediately becoming classic rivals after like one conversation. <laughs> yeah. And their banter is slightly funny only because Taiso keeps saying ridiculous shit and then Rincho keeps like contradicting the wrong part of his statement <laughs> and like yeah. coming down to his level instead of being like, huh, I'm above this. He's just like, I'm going to argue with you that I have a reason to go right. It's because you've chosen left. And it's like, that's kind of funny, but like, yeah. you just met these people. <laughs> Who are you? Like he's already Sasuke to Naruto. You're a Naruto or a Sasuke. <laughs> the two genders? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh, it, that's really good. Thanks. Inside of you are two anime characters. <laughs> One is blonde, <laughs> the other is brunette. They probably want to kiss. <laughs> they both have dead parents. Yes. <laughs> also, I feel like the author came up with the star system like three chapters before the series yeah. ended. Yeah, which is weird because that's like the one thing from the original book that's like, screaming to be turned into a manga premise. Yeah, or it's like they bring it up at the very end and he's just like, stars. I'm like, dude, you've been talking about <laughs> stars this whole time. Yeah. Why are you shocked? You're called Falling Star Taiso. The very first page of the manga is like, the stars fall and like a new era begins. And it's like, oh, neat, the falling star thing. And then we don't hear anything about it for 20 chapters. And then suddenly it's like, by the way, we all have superpowers because of stars within us. And you have one too. It's crazy that you haven't figured it out yet. And then Taiso takes a nap and he's like, all right, I figured it out. It's like, wait, hold on. I feel like the editor was like, are you gonna do something with that plot point and the writer is like oh fuck yeah you're right i should shouldn't i <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like literally a guy's like taiso you have hidden potential you don't know about it. he's like i have hidden potential then he takes a nap <laughs> literally 30 minutes yep a little power nap he wakes up he's like you know what i've been thinking about it i think i can do it <laughs> because he turns on his superpowers and his sword goes all weird and everyone's like whoa nelly he's got powers now yes if i was to say one last thing feels like he has about a page and a half of every single page where literally it's like if you cropped like the last third of the page that would just be a completely normal manga <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds about right <laughs> the art it looks nice but it's so hard to follow it's just yeah panel to panel it's just like what am i even looking at here like what is happening how'd they get why is this there? Like, was that hinted at in the previous panel? I don't know what's happening. What frustrates me about this manga is it nearly does a lot of cool things. And one thing I, I half like but also hate is that whenever it introduces a new batch of characters, it just sort of drops us in Medias Res with them. And it's like, these guys are already hanging out. They already have a rapport. So instead of having to introduce them from the ground up, you can just observe them in their environment, kind of talking to each other and having a good time. And this is a good way to like teach us very quickly who these characters are and what their relationship is with each other. But then we just don't see them again for like 15 chapters. Yeah. And it's like, wait, are those guys ever going to, is this no. going to be important? Like the only reason I remember any of these guys is because I was going through and taking notes every time somebody new was introduced. That's the only reason I remember any of their <laughs> names. 
Oh, thank God for that, because I <laughs> yeah, can't. Thank you, right? Yeah, no problem. As you brought up some of the good, why don't we use that as a segue to actually talk about the... I don't actually know if there's a good things about this manga. We'll find <laughs> out. Let's get into that section. Yeah, so in terms of what it did well, the, the thing that frustrates me is that there were so many ideas in this manga that felt like they could have become really good if they'd had more time. Yeah. And one of those is the, the star system, because it's like, if you assume that the audience goes into this knowing, you know, at least a little bit about the water margin, like, okay, there's 108 of them, they have these stars, cool. Then you have these characters who are going to get stars because they have to, like Rinchu, who at the beginning of the manga doesn't seem to have one, because when they're doing the, oh, you have a star, that's neat. They tell that to Taiso, but not Rinchu. And he's like kind of the main character of a big chunk of the book. So it's like, who's he going to kill to get his star? That would be kind of cool. Uh, what does this actually mean? We get like two chapters of that and it's all exposition and then we don't actually see any of it. Mm -hmm. The biggest part of this manga that feels like tragic lost potential is the art, which is so pretty panel to panel. It's good. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And like there are a few points where it really works. The the fight we mentioned in the plot summary about the guy who thinks he's his own grandpa. It's like yeah. it's dumb as hell and it goes by remarkably briskly for like a shonen anime fight. <laughs> I was like, oh, he, he doesn't have a third form? <laughs> okay. Let's rush through it. You don't want to see, like, the fight or anything. Let's just rush through it. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, this series has no fighting in it. Yeah. No. <laughs> the part of that that was kind of cool was, like, the, the guy's whole thing is like, oh, the, the bow of the moon is pointing an arrow down at you or whatever. And, like, it, it that it's, was so cool. It's a weird gimmick, but the splash panel, like, look where the arrow of heaven is pointing, and it's pointing down at the bad guy, and it's like, whoa, that's cool. The splash panels look good because they have enough room to breathe. And the, the yes. way that they kind of let these two characters, uh, Tyson and Rinchu, who just met and don't like each other but are already fighting perfectly in sync, it's like there's something there. There's, like, a character thing there. Even though you just speed ran the, the standard issue anime rival, I, you know, there's something there that you could read into it. It felt like simultaneously much too fast and much too slow. Like it took 24 chapters to get the relatively simple concept of we're going to get a base. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like more characters. Get everything done. And also nobody experiences character development. Like, Red, I'm just going to pause because this is supposed to be the positive section. <laughs> oh, no, you're so right. I'm so sorry. Um, <sighs> Definitely. We can talk about where we're on the next section. It's good. This is good. This is good. I don't actually have any positives besides what you have just said, which is pretty much the art. Some of the character designs are pretty good, but I don't know. Jordan, how about you? Red has a point where it's like you're reading it and it's it's like this is nonsense. This is nonsense. Whoa, <laughs> that's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Look at that. When they had those like genies fight, I was like, this is an awesome page. <laughs> I don't remember why they're fighting, though. The genies. The soap bubble and the ink titan thingy. Yeah. yeah, they're fighting because a fight is happening. Yeah, exactly. Like the soap bubble concept where this uh, this super wizard makes like these essentially bubble golems out of like, yes, yeah, soap. Like <laughs> it was cool. Like it was actually like a really cool concept. And it sometimes looked really cool. Like, uh, you know, that it wasn't really a character, but it looks cool for at least a few panels. It looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah the aesthetic on that guy was fun. Uh... Aesthetic. Oh, yeah. The panel that I think I'll always remember, though, is like when the bad guy is like making his giant ink ball. And you just see this huge sphere made out of like Chinese characters all wrapped around in like a convincing way. That must have been so fucking difficult. Yeah, it looked fantastic. 
honestly, everything about like the the weird like Pope bandit leader guy was had a lot of remarkably good kind of like visual storytelling about him. Like the the first time we see him use his like mind control powers on a guy, I remember kind of just going back and looking at those panels and like we can tell immediately what's happening, even though it's not explaining what his power is. He you know he he like paints a symbol on his tongue and then says a word to the guy, and the word like drills into the guy's ear, and suddenly the guy's acting totally different and like jumps off a cliff just casually. And it's like oh, this oh is can, that what happened? That's what happened. Yeah, like you sort of need to oh. <laughs> look for the guy's silhouette because otherwise it just looks like we cut to a wide shot. But, it, you know, if you look at the wide shot, you're like, oh, he's like jumping out the window. OK, cool. Oh. <laughs> Oh. So like if you're looking for it, you can find the the paneling, the visual storytelling of like, OK, they're actually communicating like a sequence of events competently like a comic is supposed to do. But if you're just kind of reading it casually and you're not looking for that, you're like, all right, I guess the guy's gone now. Cool. Moving on. So parts of it are very skillful. And the parts of it that are skillful are the individual panel visual storytelling bits, because this guy is an artist and like a good one. You know, he's <laughs> good at drawing dynamic yes. poses and, and cool effects and communicating visually parts of the story when rather than having to tell don't show what's going on it's just in the actual panel to panel pacing he seems to really struggle and also like they introduce a bunch of new characters and a lot of the designs are distinct but not super distinct (laughs) not always you mean how like half the cast is just like big booby ladies yeah (laughs) i mean that's just the nature of it jordan come on yeah but it's like technically there's only three big booby ladies which is pretty funny because they did the obligatory like anime pinup cover for one oh yes and it's just like the three ladies and like the little baby tiger yeah (laughs) that's it everybody They're all in bikinis. Oh, yeah, you know, you know what it is, listener. You know what it fucking is. No, of course not. No. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Speaking of booby ladies, let's talk about ways we're going to fix this series. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, y'all want to move on to that topic. I will say before we move, the jokes were sometimes kind of funny. Sometimes. There were brief moments where it was like, the character's a little charming. I think Taiso and Renan Chu's dynamic was like the only part where I was like, this is kind of yes. cute. It feels like we cheated by just jumping straight into this. Um, like the part where they were having their two like separate boss fights and Renan Chu was like, oh, if you've died, I'll kill you. And then like passes out. And I was like, all right, that's yeah. I mean, I, I like it whenever they do that. But it, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like all the good bits were stolen from other better things. <laughs> um, yes, yes. I honestly think it would have done a better job if it had stolen more things from better things. So let's shift into <laughs> where it could have gone with that. Yeah. Jordan was supposed to leave this section, but that was a really good segue. So I would oh. say <laughs> I actually legitimately think if this was a ripoff of Shaman King in the format where it was just a big tournament across all of China and you were supposed to fight every person you meet there. Done. Makes sense. <laughs> yes. Good excuse plot. Wink at the camera. Say we know this plot is stupid excuse, but at least it makes sense so that you didn't have this complete this nonsense where they try to excuse why people are constantly fighting. You need to simplify shit with this. Like you you have so many characters. If you're really going to introduce them all, then you got to take out like a lot of this super convoluted bullshit. Right. You got to focus on that shit and like really do your best to build this up. It's so hard to figure out why I should care about these characters, which is the biggest issue. Yeah, I'd say either you trim it down or you just commit to this being a thousand chapters long and you give every character actual time. Like also like maybe either pick a different focus character or like <laughs> rewrite Tyson to be a little bit more like he is in the book. Um, <laughs> be an interesting character. Where he's like running around doing shit. Yeah, because like Tyson in the manga, like half of his whole deal is that he doesn't care about anything. And like we aren't really given a reason to care about him. Like even Sudan doesn't like him because he's an asshole. <laughs> We're just following him around because we have to. And like when they introduce other characters, sometimes it's like, oh, that guy's kind of interesting. Maybe we could find out what a, what's up with the guy who's trying to assemble a big dipper of thieves. No, no. 
Has there ever been a good story where the main character doesn't give a shit about doing anything that wasn't bad? No, that's the problem. Because he has no agency. Yeah, he has no agency. He, he doesn't want to do anything. And like the only time we get a little hint of it is when he randomly falls in front of the big bad and is like, oh, all I ever wanted to do is kill this guy. It's like, oh, OK, uh, cool. Motivation. David, I think I thought of one. What? <laughs> Denji? Uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> like your favorite manga <laughs> i wouldn't say he doesn't want to do anything he's pretty active of wanting to save the world what do you mean he literally becomes the knight well it changes <laughs> at first he doesn't yeah it changes in like three chapters yeah i guess that's the thing it's like if you keep a character completely nihilistic and ambivalent yeah. and don't have him go through character development yeah that's a fucking problem because like you know as readers uh you know the point is kind of to project yourself onto a character so if the person i'm supposed to follow doesn't give a shit well i don't really give a shit either i still love how chainsaw might handle that where denji literally doesn't want to do anything and one character is like you can touch my boobs if you <laughs> if you do it and he goes oh bet and that was it that was his motivation for the entire series yeah i think like taiso is so obviously like designed to eventually develop like compassion and caring and like emotional vulnerability but at the same time it's like doesn't really seem like that's in his wheelhouse at all he's just an asshole yeah it gets to the point where it's like i feel like he should have gotten there on some we should have seen some hint of that yeah i think the closest they tried to do is with uh suyuren when she's like uh you're on official taiso management duty uh because he fights better when he has you know somebody needs to take care of him and she's like okay and there's that little bit where the bad guy's like oh i'll target the girl and taiso's like ugh, and gets in the way but he doesn't even take the hit he's just like okay fine i guess i'll stop you from killing her <laughs> it doesn't seem like he does this because he likes her and we have no reason to believe he likes her because why would he like her because she doesn't have a personality and neither does he right it just feels like a plot hole when he does stuff like that yeah it's like why is he that's out of character which is the the main thing is this there's no real consistent character writing because there's too many fucking characters mm -hmm. on the subject of where it could have gone there is actually a like a nugget of interesting potential that gets kind of overridden by all the the taiso stuff which is uh we briefly meet that guy uh chogai which we didn't mention in the summer because he's not important in the grand scheme of the manga but basically he's that he's that like guy who's smoking and like hung over and oh, okay. yeah and that doctor lady shows up that with guy. the mummy and uh basically he's trying he had like a dream about like the big dipper falling and he's just heard that like a a caravan is bringing lavish gifts for like a local uh aristocrat and he's like we should rob that and redistribute it to the people and we let's assemble a team yeah is that what was happening yeah that's that's what his vibe is and at the very end of the manga after taiso gets punched out of the plot and into the subplot he wakes up <laughs> in that guy's like backyard and he's like great you're gonna be my seventh star for robbing this caravan and then the manga ended um now that guy <laughs> cho guy is actually important in the book like very important uh chow guy heavenly king chow his thing is that he dies before the 108 stars are assembled and is then sort of revered as a spiritual guardian of the outlaws which means if we'd focused on that guy for a while as like a mentor character who's thus destined to die anyway um and his whole thing is like i'm assembling this small squad just for one mission like a heist and then oh you know uh, th these guys we've become like a family and also we should probably kill the emperor because he's bad uh and expand from there you could actually set up the premise of water margin pretty easily by just following this guy and like one person he's mentoring but instead we're following taiso <laughs> anyway so what you're telling me is that this should have been Oceans 108. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We start with the we start it's with the, the seven star Big Dipper heist, and then like as that continues, 
It would have been easy because there's actually a plot baked in. And you can tell that they wanted to do that later on because that's all Chow Guy sets up is like, hey, I want to rob this caravan. I need to recruit some guys. And we don't see them for like 15 chapters. Building a team. Yeah, I'm putting a team together. They're literally thieves. They are chivalrous thieves in name only. In name only. I'm actually surprised the series didn't have the guy who is retired. And he's like, all right, I'll do it one last time. You <laughs> uh-huh. son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, that was sort of where they were going with like the instructor with Ocean. But Ocean, oh my God, oh my God, Ocean's what <laughs> fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. Also, one last thought on this topic. What if they turned it into a romance and it was 188 <laughs> stars that really love you? Oh, wow. It's a parody on the 100 girlfriends that really love you. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, Red, were you about? To, I think you were about to say something. Yeah, I was just looking up exactly what Chow Guy's thing is because when I was trying to find like who's on this heist team in the book, like there's no specifics. It doesn't seem to be the, any of the specific hundred and eight stars. But it's just like that makes it easier because then you can put your little OC in there. You can have Suiden or whoever the fuck uh, be the like you know. Oh, I'm here to help join this 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 crack team of heisters. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just like a, a humble folk hero, but I want to help out and save the people. And it's like if they'd centered it on Chow Guy and his team and then killed them off and let us focus on like the younger hotter models that would have been fine <laughs> younger hotter yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't get that instead he's just off on the side doing his damnedest to actually keep the story on track i love it <laughs> yeah that might have been the move to just okay it's set in this super brutal era supposedly you should be killing off these characters that way like you have 108 of them you have like this massive backlog Mm -hmm. then like that might have been a way and then maybe it could have had some kind of like like i could have actually felt like there was some danger here yeah yeah, but shall we move on to miscellaneous thoughts? I really felt like all my miscellaneous thoughts I've talked about in the chibi, which was mostly just Buddhism, e-boys, the sword <laughs> looks like the rising sun flag, as we also said before, the whole capture. There's just so many tropes. But Maxi B actually has a lot of really interesting thoughts. So thank you, Maxi B, for providing these. Red, if I didn't mention Maxi B helps us on the show. They are literally like a shonen jump historian. Ooh. Yes. I actually stumped them yesterday where I was like, do you know what the origin of the whole black pages representing a flashback mm. thing? And Maxi was just like, I don't, I don't know how I've never thought about what the historical origin of that technique is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I assume they're just right now just been spending hours trying to research that. I'm interested in that too. Yeah. I like, I really do wonder where that started. Anyway, this is based on Water Margin. Just in case you guys were unaware, it's one of China's four <laughs> great novels. You may recognize it being adapted in the Suikoden series of JRPGs. There's some debate over Eastern and Western schools as to what the four actually should be of the four classic novels. It's like in the big four of thrash metal, people are like, oh, Exodus and Testament are part of it. And then people are like, no, they're not. But it does say that Journey to the West and Water Margin are 100% always there when you are listing what the four great classical novels are. And then it goes without saying that things like Dragon Ball Z, Enslaved, Odyssey to the West, and the TV show Monkey are all inspired by it. It's just in the DNA of pretty much every manga ever made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plot-wise, you read that and you're like, this is like the first manga plot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like doing like literature archaeology, you know, finding the source for a ton of classic stories. And, you know, I, I'm obviously much more familiar with Journey to the West, which inspired a lot of the sort of episodic anthology monster of the week, uh, collecting fun tools stories. But like Water Margin, I wonder if it's kind of in the DNA of all the, uh, you know, bleach style, huge cast of a bunch of wacky weirdos uh, all coming together for a common cause kind of stories. Yeah, I, think, I feel like it's Water Margin and like King Arthur, depending on if it's East versus West. I would really be interested, Red, if you ever do get the time to check out a true story. Like, literally, it is about, this was written in 200 AD about a guy going into space and meeting aliens. Oh. 
crazy to see how everything descended from that story in like Western science fiction. God, that's wild. Yeah, and his his whole thing was like, it starts out by him telling you, um, this is all bullshit. Uh, by the way, the fact that I'm telling you it's bullshit means that this is the most truthful book you'll ever read. <laughs> oh, that's sneaky, sneaky. But also, I feel like Water Margin is far more readily adaptable to video games than manga. Oh, yeah, for sure. I had that in my notes. This is Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> I mean, sweet it. So we go then, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about how, oh, there's a ton of people and they're, uh, they're all numbered. And I'm like, is this Pokemon? <laughs> like, you collect a bunch of fighting dudes and they... Yeah, it's, it's collect all the heroes and then you confront the big bad. Uh, it's very standard stuff. It's interesting because I was looking through my list of like all the characters because we talked about like four of them, but there's so many more. But as I recall, most of them get introduced for one panel and then we just never see them again. Yes, they have the nameplate and that's it. Yeah. And like some of them are kind of cool. Some of them's ambiguous. I think everyone likes uh, Shishin, Nine Tattooed Dragons, the guy that's just like straight up Gajil from Fairy Tale, but with more tats. <laughs> and uh, he's he's so cool. And he's well, we see him once <laughs> and then never again because it got canceled. And it's like, I wonder if this manga had had a thousand more chapters, would it have eventually gotten good? Can you imagine if this entire series introduced every character diegetically? Oh, my God. <laughs> God, can you imagine how long this would be? We just meet them one at a time very, very slowly. Yeah. Probably would have been better, though. I think that actually would have been a good challenge to have made this series work. Yeah. It's like 100 deeds for Eddie McDowd where they didn't get through 100. No. (laughs) That makes me really sad now to think about that. He's stuck as a dog. Never got turned back. Yeah, he's like Tobias from the Animorphs. But yeah. It's, uh, oh man, I was gonna say something. I don't know. <laughs> Forget, whatever. Oh, uh, no, I didn't, I don't have it. All right, should we go into final verdict then? I had a question. Oh, yeah, go for it, Red. Well, because you guys deal with a lot of, you know, bad manga, a lot of it canceled before its time. And the thing is, like, I've, I've read manga where, like, the first few chapters, or, you know, I've seen shows where, like, the first couple episodes, yeah. I'm like, meh. And, you know, there's always the feeling of, like, I wonder if they would have pulled this together if they'd had more time. Like, if this is just all set up and, event, uh, like, all the planting, and then we'd have started getting payoff if they'd had more time. Um, and in this case, it's like, they should have 24 chapters. I feel like 24 chapters is kind of a lot, actually. But, like... That's not about an average runtime, though, for a canceled series. Oh, that makes sense. I guess they give them about that much time. Yeah, it's I mean, the issue is he started out by calling his shot that he would have 108 (laughs) fucking characters. Yeah. Like, dude, you got to wait until you are like super popular in order to do that. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, (laughs) maybe if like he didn't start out with that and then the longer you read it, you're like, oh, is this an adaptation of Water Margin? Yeah, it definitely starts off being like, this is going to be the manga that defines a generation. The the great novel finally getting the adaptation it deserves. And like, (laughs) I. I almost wonder if it was even possible, like if Water Margin even can be adapted in a way where the pacing isn't awful, because like original Water Margin is kind of a hard read anyway. (laughs) So like, yeah, it's like how One Piece was designed to run five years. Oh, God, really? You'll notice a lot of early One Piece has a lot of scaling issues that don't make sense for a series that ran for 25 years because of that. It's very difficult to uh, plan out a series for 20 fucking years. So, you know, you got to cut him some slack. But also, we brought up Bleach earlier. Bleach might have 108 characters. Oh, it's got way more than that, Jordan. Yeah, but they're introduced in chunks in like in batches. I mean, even just the friggin' Soul Society arc introduces what, like 30 new characters and they're all important with names and then they just stick around. Yeah, I do want to say, by the way, we are actually over time. Whoops. Uh oh. <laughs> Do we mind if we get to the final verdict? Let's do it. 
So to get started with the final verdict, let's get into our six word summaries. But let me start by reading off our community from Dude Rocks Just Play Secret in by Konami. Instead, it's also based on Water Margin. Oh, whoa. Yes, we knew that. I kid. Dude Rocks, thank you for bringing that up. Orange, 108 Devil Fruits to Rule China. From Tucker, Water Margin of Error, Mystic Boredom. Yeti, claustrophobic comic composition creates complete confusion. Nice, nice, nice. And T. Wolfwood, the mangaka doesn't understand fiction Fiction sawing. Oh, sorry. The manga doesn't understand friction sawing. I thought friction sawing, and I was like, what the fuck does that term mean? Yeah, that could could be something. And then Red, how about you? What was your six-word summary? 108 heroes and exactly zero point. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good one. Definitely a good one. What about you, David? Oh, did you say your short? did you say I'll do mine. I just didn't want to go next because my reds was really oh, good. Thanks. I actually thought mine was clever. So be honest with me. Mine was a manga that 1086 to any good ideas. Pretty good. Hey. Yeah, because it's 1086. Yeah. 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 I liked it. I like that. Yeah, this is good. It's good. So mine is, damn, that is some gorgeous trash. <laughs> Are you talking about the manga or me, baby? Hey. Oh, oh. it's applicable to a few things. <laughs> Red, would you consider this series a certified flop or a regular flop? Because I know this is not a flop. This is not not a flop. <laughs> or this is not not a flop. Yes, this is a bad series. How would we distinguish between a certified flop and just a regular flop? Would you use the word terrible to describe Bad this? or terrible? I'd say disappointing, which might be worse. Oh, Red's not mad, just disappointed. Well, that's the thing. Like, there were enough cool concepts. And I feel like if it had, like, two more editing passes, like, before they even put pen to paper, just to figure out the basic pacing of, like, what was going to happen when, there were enough good, extremely anime ideas in here. Like, 108 custom-designed superpower things that transfer between people. There's gold there. You know, this could have been Bleach. And I don't even like Bleach that much. (laughs) But at least Bleach is significantly better than that. It is. That's the problem. This actually feels like Jordan, a manga that the guy from Time Paradox Ghostwriter, which read is a good canceled manga, would have made. Mm. That's his stuff that wasn't accepted. It's all about like a very talented artist who can't write and he just struggles to find success. Oh, boy. You know, it's a fictional telling of it because the editors of Shonen Jump have standards in that one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Shonen Jump will publish anything once. (laughs) That's a really fun one to read. Plagiarizes manga from the future from a time machine in his microwave, but I'll leave it to you <laughs> to read it if that sounds appealing to Pretty you. Pretty great. Probably the biggest hidden gem we've well, read. Yeah. And then I definitely think this is a certified flop. This is incomprehensible and the art does not save it. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. It is the plot is certified flop as fuck, but the art at least gives it some kind of reason to look through it. It's so pretty. Yeah. You just look through the pages and look at the splash pages. They do enough visual storytelling. Like they on their own are like solid illustrations. This guy is an illustrator, not a mangaka is yeah. the problem. Yeah. Artist, not a comic artist and not a writer because like... You know, comic artists have to learn paneling and pacing and and, and interpanel flow and stuff like that. And this guy's really good at drawing individual illustrations and slapping them together on the page. He should be like a concept artist for like a video game company. Yeah. Maybe he should hire like a separate storyboard artist. (laughs) I don't know. He needed a good writer. He could team up with the Dr. Stone guy now that that's done. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. But yeah, I would say that this. uh, Yeah, I'll go call it a certified flop. It's close enough. (laughs) Yeah. Red, what would you suggest someone should check out instead of reading this? I mean, the one thing I always recommend people uh, watch slash read is Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I've gone on record saying I think it is probably the best uh, anime I've ever watched, just in terms of pacing, character growth, plot reveals. Every time I watch it, I like it more. And I've watched it like five times at this point. So I've been overdue to rewatch it. Oh, yeah. I would actually recommend something I've been obsessed with recently, uh, Grappler Baki. 
God, Jordan's going to spend 10 minutes talking about Baki right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it flows from one to the next. The fights take a long time and you get into them and stuff like that. It is like the opposite of this series in a lot of ways. Mm. Is the art good? It's a choir taste. The art is fantastic, but grotesque. Oh, okay. So because when, when you said like the opposite of this, I was like, so like really good plot, but the art's horse shit? Okay. <laughs> It's hard to, you just have to look at it. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Jordan literally could spend an 20 minutes talking about how much he loves Spock. Oh boy. On the short side, I could do that. But yeah. Yes. My recommendation is I actually think Red, definitely check out Self Symphony. Self Symphony, if you want to see more of this art with a more competent writer and just a crazy ending. Comparatively. Mm -hmm. But for everyone else, I think they should check out G Gundam. Yes. If you want just stupid battles that <laughs> it knows exactly how stupid it is, it's exactly what you want out of what the series should have done. School of the Undefeated of the East! <laughs> <laughs> the East is burning red! <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is the fucking horse robot that's actually piloted by a horse. What? <laughs> yes! Gundam gets fucking crazy. <laughs> The horse robot transforms and I'm just like, what the fuck is the horse doing? <laughs> what, because because it reads your movements like it's like a VR suit or like a motion capture suit. So it's like, what the fuck is the horse doing? The horse is literally in a mocap suit piloting the horse robot. God, yes. that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yes, Sarah, that is that is your homework. If you wish to take it is watch G Gundam. <laughs> your homework. Read Stealth Symphony and also read Chainsaw Man because that's the best manga I ever made. Period. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Your homework is to like consume hours of uh <laughs> You have nothing better to do, I'm sure. I got nothing else going on. <laughs> oh, God. All right. But speaking of things going on, why don't we go to shout outs where let's hear everything that Red is up to um, besides checking out <laughs> this shit. So, Red, I want to say thank you again. It is always an absolute pleasure to be doing an episode with someone that I have greatly enjoyed their content. And I just want to give a big shout out to everyone in the Discord who said, hey, you should ask Red. Yeah. Let me try and get their name so I can personally thank them. <laughs> yeah. While I'm doing that, Red, why don't you, would you mind telling everyone about all the awesome things you're doing? Yeah, so as mentioned at the top of the episode, I do uh, the YouTube channel, Overly Sarcastic Productions. Definitely check that out. That's kind of our main thing. Uh, we also have uh, an after show podcast, uh, the OzPod, as we affectionately refer to it, uh, the OS podcast, where we just sort of discuss the, it's bi-weekly, we discuss the last two episodes that have come out, and then we do like Q&As, which is always fun. For the the more like far-flung stuff, I have a webcomic that I'm doing called Aurora uh, at Comic Aurora. I'm having fun with it. It's fine. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and I am a guest on the D&D uh, &D podcast, Rolling with Difficulty. We nice. are going to be starting season three in like the next couple months. Uh, I don't actually remember if I was supposed to give that information, but it's fine. <laughs> Sophia can at me if she wants. <laughs> but definitely check that out. The last, uh, the first two seasons are on all podcast platforms and also YouTube. You should watch them on YouTube and uh, comment on them because uh, everyone else in the pod is not accustomed to getting positive feedback from the Internet and they really appreciate the comment sections. So that's it's awesome. a struggle. People just, uh, they're not, they don't compliment you enough. They're, yeah, they're like, like, no notes. I'm like, no, I fucking want to know how to make this better. Tell me. Validate Tell me. my choices. <laughs> I also want to say that is awesome. I also want to give a big shout out to ZZ Digital for being the one who reminded us and being like, hey, you should ask them to be on the show. So I want to say thank you so much for suggesting that. Hey, ZZ, Woo! you're the top. I also want to give a shout out to two really awesome podcasts and me out of context in particular. We shout them out, but Dylan, Sean, Rem, super awesome guys. We're going to be on them talking about Chainsaw Man. It's in the works, Jordan. Get ready to fight Rem. Hell yes. It's going to be like a title match where I'm sure Rem's not going to like Chainsaw Man. I got so mad at Rem last time. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> These guys got in a fight so bad. I went and got food and came back and they were still fighting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was great. That's classic anime fight stuff, oh, to be completely yeah. honest. You yes. come back and they're still powering up. All right, guys. He started talking about the artistic process and I'm like, motherfucker, 
You don't know. Okay, I can't. I can't. I'm... I went to art school. I went to art school. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do this. Okay. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to friend of the show, Luke's podcast, Domance Dawn, where Red, what he is doing is reimagining One Piece with Simpsons characters. Huh. Okay. And it's absolutely fantastic. You can find that at Domance. That is D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E Dawn dot Tumblr dot com. Absolutely love it. I'm going to be on that podcast, too, in uh, December. We're going to be on the same episode. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Weird. Jordan apparently didn't know that. No, I didn't. Buck wild. <laughs> On that note, Jordan, I want to give you props for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with editing. Thank you. David, thank you so much for also editing and uh, being Aww. a great co-host and like, you, you know, just, uh, <laughs> just being thick. I'll tell you, I love telling the story I told you yesterday. Uh-huh. So I accidentally broke, like <laughs> ripped a pair of pants at the gym Ooh. and my girlfriend goes, well, that's because you were just too dummy thick. <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> so, though, I also want to give props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thank you to Dylan for assistance with editing. As we talked about, you can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at animeoutofcontext.com. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. You can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord, open to everyone, patron or not. Hang out with us and talk about anime games, whatever else is on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night. Find a link to it in the show notes are on our site and if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going consider subscribing to our patron we wouldn't be able to keep running the show without their support we just released the first episode of our mini series on a gravity yes. boys a manga too long for us to cover jordan what did you think how would you describe that series in a sentence <laughs> a gravelicious there you go so that so check it out exclusively on our patron and we have a lot of awesome really awesome perks like listening to this episode picking what manga we cover next and deleted scenes and the warm-up audio and now i'm just going to quickly read off some of our patrons do not worry red we do not have a thousand patrons this will take like two minutes <laughs> soon you know like your content creators made it where they're like i can't read off patrons anymore there's too many of them so um, one day one day we'll get to that yes, point one day soon but starting with our Chainsaw Man patrons, I want to say thank you to Polly. Want to tap that. <laughs> Moving on down to the Dolphin Dad, tracking roving animals for all loving girls in Raccoons Wolfwood. And then the King of the Forest. We have Albie, Cramp, Darth Pikachu, Gabe Lando, Israfant, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Kevin Briggs, Marty, Rachel, for the last time is going to be my lovely girlfriend. <gasps> Scarlet Mirmadin, T, for a good reason. <laughs> T, the real Jory, the BB King, BB the, and Trevor Schechner. Yeah. Thank you so much. If that wasn't clear, I'm proposing Oh, my God. Tuesday. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is the last time she'll be my girlfriend during a recording. Oh, my goodness. Jesus. Oh, that's, that's so, so cool, sweet. man. <laughs> I'm honored to have witnessed this. Yes. By the way, hey, hey, listener, are you a musician? Are you uh, are, are you struggling with chords and scales? Well, I built an app called Ooh. Power Gord, which it helps you figure out where all the score, all the chords and scales are on your guitar. You find that at www.powergord.com. That's gourd with a G. So it's mm. P-O-W-E-R-G-O-R-D, like the Canadian name. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, it does. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Red. And you've been listening to Show and Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.